0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank, the power of possible. Learn more at usbank.com newsroom. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, July 11th. In today's news, President Trump strikes a combative tone as he arrives in Europe. The president also escalates the trade war with China again. And Mike Pence admits that he still wants to overturn Roe v. Wade. But first, the big idea. The human fallout of Trump's family separation policy continues. It's not saturating the news anymore, but immigrant families are still feeling the aftershocks of Trump's policy to tear them apart at the border— The president backed off his hastily executed zero-tolerance policy under pressure a few weeks back, but the U.S. government is struggling mightily to reunite the migrants. A federal judge yesterday demanded that the administration move much more quickly to reunite the families as the government blew past a Tuesday deadline to release the youngest of the detained children. The government told U.S. District Judge Dana Sabra that there are delays making it hard to put the families together as quickly as they would like, such as conducting DNA tests and running criminal background checks. But Sabra said he's been studying the process and believes they could move much faster if they streamlined what they're doing and worked harder to locate parents who are no longer detained. From the bench in San Diego, the judge, appointed by a Republican president, chastised a Justice Department lawyer, saying, quote, These are firm deadlines. They're not aspirational goals. For his part, Trump was defiant. While leaving the White House yesterday, he was asked about what's going on. The president said he has this solution for migrant parents still waiting to see their kids. Well, I have a solution. Tell people not to come to our country illegally. That's the solution. Don't come to our country illegally. Come like other people do. Come legally. Meanwhile... The stories continue to pile up of trauma that was needlessly inflicted. For example, some infant children, after being separated from their families for months now, no longer even recognize their parents. One mother had waited four months to wrap her arms around her little boy. Another had waited three months to see her little girl again. When the reunions finally happened on Tuesday in Phoenix, the mothers were met with cries of rejection from their children when Milka Pablo, 35, was given her three-year-old daughter, Darley. The little girl screamed and tried to wiggle free from her mother's embrace. According to the New York Times, Darlie cried, I want Miss. I want Miss. That's the name of the social worker at the shelter where she's been living since the mother and daughter were separated by federal agents at the southwestern border. And here's another reason for the holdup. According to one of the migrant shelters, The Trump administration is telling women who have been separated from their kids that they have to pay for the cost of the DNA tests required to prove that they're related. But these are immigrants who have no money or easy access to bank accounts. The DNA tests are being administered by a private contractor on behalf of the Department of Health and Human Services, which oversees the care and housing of children. HHS has refused to even name the contractor, which the Daily Beast reports may be a violation of federal law. Meanwhile, the Trump administration keeps looking for new ways to reduce illegal immigration. The U.S. and Mexican governments are in the process of negotiating a deal to curtail migration at the southern border. The proposal known as a safe third country agreement would require all asylum seekers transiting through Mexico to apply for protection in that nation rather than in the United States. This would allow U.S. border guards to turn back such asylum seekers at border crossings and quickly return to Mexico anyone who has already entered illegally seeking refuge, regardless of their nationality. U.S. officials believe this type of deal would discourage many Central American families from trying to even reach the U.S. But the proposed agreement has divided the Mexican government and alarmed human rights activists. They maintain that many of the migrants are fleeing widespread gang violence and could be exposed to danger while in Mexico. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Trump struck a combative tone as he kicked off a week of international diplomacy in Europe. He refused to defend British Prime Minister Theresa May and complimented her rival Boris Johnson. He also suggested that his upcoming meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin might be easier than today's summit in Brussels with some of America's closest allies and other members of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. So I have NATO, I have the UK, which is in somewhat turmoil, and I have Putin. Frankly, Putin may be the easiest of them all. Who would think? Who would think? Before he boarded Air Force One on Tuesday, Trump declined to say whether he sees Putin as a friend or foe. He told reporters only that he considers the Russian leader a, quote, competitor. Trump's seven-day trip begins in Brussels. Then he'll go to England for his first visit as president and meet with Queen Elizabeth. Then it's off to Scotland for a weekend respite, where he'll golf at his private course. And finally, to Helsinki for the meeting with Putin. Number two. Trump ramped up his trade war with China again, placing tariffs last night on an additional $200 billion worth of Chinese imports. This will make products like televisions, clothing, bedsheets and air conditioners more expensive for American consumers. It's a response to China's response to Trump's initial tariffs on $34 billion worth of Chinese goods, which officially went into effect last Friday. Republican Senator Orrin Hatch from Utah, the chairman of the Finance Committee, says that this latest Trump move is reckless. U.S. companies continue to feel the effects in ways big and small. BMW announced yesterday, for example, that it will produce more of its SUVs in China instead of South Carolina because of the Trump tariffs. Number three, Senate Republicans commended Trump's pick of Brett Kavanaugh to replace Justice Anthony Kennedy while Democrats launched what is probably a futile campaign to sink his nomination. Several Democratic senators led by minority leader Chuck Schumer said Tuesday that Kavanaugh's confirmation would cast into doubt a woman's constitutional right to an abortion, as well as the viability of the Affordable Care Act. While that strategy is an attempt to turn public opinion against Kavanaugh's confirmation, it's also aimed at the votes of two moderate Republican women, Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Each says they support abortion rights either of them could stop Kavanaugh's bid to become the next justice if they vote against him. Vice President Mike Pence admitted to CNN last night that he wants to overturn Roe v. Wade. He said recently that he wants abortion rights to be on the ash heap of history and said last night that nothing has changed. But he also said that he and Trump never personally discussed the specific case with Kavanaugh. And I'm proud to be part of a pro-life administration that's advanced pro-life policies But what I can assure you is that what the president was looking for here was a nominee who will respect the Constitution as written, who will faithfully uh, uphold the Constitution in all of his interpretations of the law. Despite Trump saying overturning Roe would be a litmus test for his judges during the 2016 campaign, Murkowski and Collins seemed to signal comfort with Kavanaugh in interviews yesterday. Each added, though, that they remain undecided. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, July 11th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.